Welcome to the AA Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Alan and Alan. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the AA Sports Podcast, episode number 33. We are your hosts, Alan and Alan. What's what, up, man? What's going on, man? Not a whole bunch, man. Uh, other than uh, around here in Virginia Beach, there's like these uh, bioluminescence in the yeah, water. The bacteria. Yeah, like so glows. all the water's like blue, glowing blue at night. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And then... Pretty much everyone who hasn't started back school started back school today. Oh man, what a what a clusterfuck! <laughs> I know one of Kirsten's best friend's daughter started kindergarten. I'm like, how's kindergarten doing virtual? And then sure enough, she threw a fit because she did not want to be on Zoom. Oh man, perfect. My my niece <laughs> my niece did the same thing. She she full on was crying because it was it wasn't the way you know it's it's hard, especially if you're first going into school. Yeah, like it's got to be hard for everyone. I mean, the teachers aren't used to teaching this way either. No. So everybody's feeling it right now. It's going to be a long year at this rate. Yeah, so we'll see how long this goes. But let's go ahead and talk into some baseball. And first things first, we lost two legends this past week. One was actually last week early, but it wasn't announced until Wednesday. Um, first one up was Tom Seaver, former Mets legend icon. Yeah, man. Uh, Tom Terrific, <laughs> a.k.a. the franchise. Uh, he's, he's one of the, if not the best Mets player in Mets yeah. franchise history. Um, I mean, you know, he died at the age of 75 due to complications of, um, what was it, Louis body dementia yeah. and, and COVID-19, a combination, I guess. Um, but, you know, his stats overall were, he was 311 wins, 205 losses, I believe. Yep. 2.86 ERA, 3,640 uh, strikeouts. You know, he's a 12-time All-Star World Series champ with the Mets in 1969. Uh, three-time Cy Young, NL Cy Young winner, and many more accolades, man. I mean, he, he was a really good player. Yeah. And, like, when you finish war for your career at 109.9, like... <laughs> exactly. And then you did have the record for the Hall of Fame for most votes in until Griffey broke it. Then, of course, um, Rivera broke it. But still, you know, at a time where, you know, it, and his career is weird, like being traded and then coming back and then getting picked in the first player um, expansion for the White Sox... And then eventually still come back to the Mets eventually, but yeah, he tried to make a, he even tried to make a comeback. I think in like 1987, it, it didn't work out yeah. too well. But it was a we- yeah, that was a weird comeback. Like uh, he played for the Tidewater Tides at the time for trying to make a comeback. Yeah, and he was the getting, spring training, just trying. Then he's he getting like, lit no. up. Yeah. So, but you know, and it's funny that he was on the Red Sox roster when the Mets won in '86. <laughs> that Unfortunately, crazy. he wasn't on the the official roster for the World Series because he was injured. But he was there at the game, watched it. So, but he did get one real early. The career, like you said, like, and a lot of people argue, could this be one of the best pitchers ever? And if you think about a current Mets pitcher, stats are close that I think there was like 75 wins that he did had no decision on that he would have won if it wasn't for the no decisions, bullpen, et cetera. Right. And, and I think there was like a stat um, of how many games he won if the Mets scored at least three runs or something. Like, yeah, I mean, he he pitched great. And he was pitching complete games. I, I don't know how many he pitched. I don't know if you have that stat, but he pitched, I do a, not, he but, pitched a lot of complete <sighs> games. And then, of course, you know, he almost had that perfect game for the Mets against the Cubs and lost in the ninth inning. And then he ended up getting a no-hitter finally. But, of course, it wasn't a Mets uniform. Right, and he was a lonely um, player in the Hall of Fame to wear a Mets hat until, until Piazza. Piazza recently. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, we, it's, a, it's a big big, uh, big name to be lost in the Mets organization and, and baseball around. Yeah, you know, Mets wanted him to come for the, the 50th anniversary of the 69 Mets. Fortunately, his dementia, they said he, he won't be making any more appearances no more. So I think the really last time he came was for the All-Star back in 13. Okay. If I remember correctly, he came for All-Star Weekend. Um, so, and then, but they are still like, before all this happened, there was a statue plan. Technically, uh, city field is now Tom Seaver way 41. Cool. So we'll hopefully see the statue next year. Um, if it ever gets done with the Mets new owners, when they decide to do that weekend, that should be interesting. All right. Um, well, you know, uh, the next, next person we lost, uh, you know, was, <coughs> uh, Lou Brock. Yeah. Cardinals legend Lou Brock, and it's funny that these two have a history and they <laughs> exactly. go within a week within a week of each other. It's, I know, man, it's so nuts. It's like man, but you know, Lou Brock, one of the best hitters, base stealers in history, exactly. of course, died of eighty one on Sunday. Uh, Representative confirmed the death of St. Louis Cardinals. He's known as a stolen base specialist, according to the Hall of Fame. Nineteen seasons, sixteen with the Cardinals. He is one of thirty two players to hit three thousand hits 
or more and has the second most stolen bases in MLB history, which he was the leader, in course, until Ricky Henderson took that record. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, exactly. He was best known for base stealing, like Alan said, and he broke Ty Cobb's all-time base stealing record. Um, he was a six-time All-Star, two-time World Series champ, eight-time eight-time National League stolen base leader. Just yeah. think about that. You don't see that many people winning those titles like that in these days. I mean, yeah, that's a great great thing to have on your side. He yeah. was fast. Yeah, so he had the stolen base record from 71 to 91 when yeah. Ricky Henderson broke it. Very cool. So it's insane, you know, having that, the 3,000 hits, and he retired with the average of 293, at, and he was batting 304 at age 40. In yeah. one of his final seasons. It's, That's crazy. Yeah. It's like, man, it's just crazy to think about the, the players back then playing that long. Yep. Yep. So, you know, arguably he's technically the best trade ever in Cardinals history. Okay. Because he was a Cub and they traded him and that's the kind of career he got from him. Okay, great. So, of course, both these legends, you know, rest in peace, you know. It's always sad to see legends go. And then technically we have a third uh, it came out today that um, it was the former AL president president of baseball. Actually, I think it's the last AL president before they did they switched that up. And okay. I forgot his name, so I meant to write it down. But uh, yeah, I mean that news ju- just came through. So uh, you know, anyways, rest in peace, those three. You know, they always say things come in three. Yeah, and I was like, is this Weird. a baseball three? Like God, it's insane. But you know, and it's funny, like you said, because you know Lou and. See for history because Lou said in the All Star game he's like you're gonna be something special and I think it was his first All Star game and sure enough Tom was and they both were so let's get in some a little bit lighter news we knew this was gonna happen this year this was one of the milestones this year that it was gonna be not only if it was gonna happen it was the win right and that's when Mike Trout hit number three hundred home runs and now is the Angels leader in home runs. Yeah, so Mike Trout over the weekend um, hit his 300th home run, passing Tim Salmon. Uh, he became the fastest player in Major League history to hit three home, 300 home runs and steal 200 bases. Yes. It took him 1,235 games to do it. Yeah. And, of course, pre was Willie Mays, who had 1,295. So quite yeah. a little bit different, and especially with the game, you know, the shortened season. So... He's making it count this year. Exactly. But the cool thing is, you know, the record holder, Tim Salmon, is with the broadcast team for the Angels. It was oh, doing the game. Nice. He oh, said man. he knew the record was go- was it was oh, not yeah. going to be his no more once Mike signed the extension. He's oh, like, yeah. okay, I lost that Absolutely. Record. Like, he, like, if he left, like, I might have it. Like, maybe. You know, and, and it's a probably a record that he feels a little something about uh, losing, but at the same time, records are meant to be broken. Yeah. And when you, like I said, Mike Trout, 300, who knows what this guy's going to finish with, if he can keep this average up. And you know, yeah, man. Who knows? You got what eleven more years of Trout I, on his contract. I'm hoping he's. I'm hoping he's going to be at least like Pujols and, and getting in the seven or close to it. So you know, Trout said he means a lot to him. Who doubled twice to finish the three for three with two RBIs, four run score for the ten nine win. Once I got within five, I started thinking about it. Then I got two nine nine the previous night, and I definitely started thinking about it. So it's very, you know. Right. How do you not think about something like that? Yeah. You know, it's like <laughs> when you get to like, okay, 100, then it's like 200, then it's like, oh, now the record's 299. Exactly. Can I do this? And sure enough. It's, and it's a big number, especially like uh, 300. 300 home runs, big number. 300 wins as a pitcher, huge number. If you got to 299 as a pitcher, that's all you'll think about is, my, yes. is that next win. It's like you can't not. Yeah, because so, that's such a hard thing to do. Yeah, definitely. So Trout's the 151st member of the 300 Home Run Club, but he's just the 16th to reach it before turning 30. Okay. Do we know who was around there? Like when? I don't know. I'm just trying to think. Yeah. When did Griffey get there? When did somebody else get there? <laughs> I, <laughs> uh, either way, I'm just saying. You know, Mike should be in if he keeps this up. I mean, we should we should be expecting more records to be broken. I'm putting him up there, man. I'm thinking he's going to be a contender in, in the end of this. Yeah, uh, he's going to be around Pujols numbers. I hope. Who knows? Yeah, because you know, once he came in the league at young with you know with Harper that year, and then he MVP MVP and the numbers kept putting up. You're like, can he do this and make a run at Barry Bonds' record? Well, I'll tell you what. If his team starts winning more games, he'll absolutely be in a position like this because he'll get more bets, more more opportunities to crush it. We'll see. Um, I, you know, I, I think I think he has a good shot. He oh yeah, shot. like if he can keep the average up, I don't see why not. Because who knows? Like you know, it's insane that 
why are we even ta- thinking about this? Because, you know, what, three MVPs hasn't been out of the MVP race his whole career yet. Exactly. So. Exactly. It's, it's, yeah. There's no reason to see him slowing up right now. It's just unfortunately his team is not around him. But Exactly. That's what I'm saying. They get that figured out. Hopefully. They better figure out the next couple of years. Oh, and they're trying. I mean, they, the names on the team is like, uh, how do you not? It's like you got Shoatani, Pujols, you got Rendon, you, you got... You got a lot of guys. I mean, they even have Justin Upton out there who, who at one time was a monster. Um, I mean, you, you guys have yeah. names. I definitely – they're going to try to get one of the top pitchers this free agent Have class to. Because that has been an issue, and then they didn't get Garrett Cole last year. So Who's the GM that, that, that just got all pitchers this year? Was it like the Rays or somebody who did that? Remember they just kept drafting pitcher after pitcher? Oh, no, White Sox. The White Sox? All their picks went, went Look, pitching. the Angels need to take note. That's all I'm yeah. saying. So, all right. Well, you know, let's talk about another positive news. <laughs> Very positive. <laughs> this is the first week we've had, I felt like, in a while with no positive COVID testing. I know. We thought last week was finally be it. Then Oakland at the last second got one and then nothing. I was like, oh my God, I can write this down. Right. And, and, it's, <laughs> and it was one. It wasn't like the whole team yeah. got it. And uh, so this week we haven't had any, which is great news considering we're about to hit into playoff season. Yes. And, you know, there's still no word. I would assume soon if they are going to do a bubble, it has to be soon. They have to announce it real soon. Because rumor was that they're going to have to quarantine in a hotel week before the playoffs, even if they're home away, what? So that way they travel to the bubble, they're good to go. So I'm assuming within the next week we should know if we're doing a bubble or not. Okay. Yeah, that would be something to think about. Um, Yeah, and if it is a bubble, um, I think it's doable. It's just where? Is the question. The rumor is Southern California and Texas is okay. the two big spots is what people are hearing. Okay. So, and then this next news is a little odd. Yeah. Joe very. West. Well, it wasn't really Joe West, but, you know, he was the um, the crew chief, but ejects the GM for the Nationals from the game in Atlanta the other day. And, of course, it was all kind of confused at first because, you know, he was up in the suite by himself. Exactly. And then you kind of heard people like in the Brave Stuck, I was like, he has no mask on. So that's what people started thinking at first. Oh, okay. Was he's not wearing no mask. That's why they're throwing him out of the game. Yeah. I'm like, but he's up there alone. Yeah. So if you guys watched it, uh, Nationals and uh, Braves played, and the GM, Mike Rizzo, he was ejected from the from the game for yelling at the umpires from the upper deck suites. Uh, and it was crazy because I, I was watching it for a little bit when I heard – and the umpires were holding up the game. They're like, we're going to wait for security to ex- escort you out of here. And they, they stopped the game for a guy in the suites, man. It, it's nuts. The third deck. It's not like it's like right there where the players have been ejected, like um, Strasburg and other national players from like you know right. this, the regular area where people are, who are not in the dugout. This is three decks, but I guess because no one's there. <laughs> it happened where he was talking junk, I guess, when there's no music playing and Empty stadium. I'm pretty sure you probably hear everything. Exactly. He's saying. Exactly. And and he and he's up there. He must have been yelling. If you're three deck three deck up, you know, yelling at the players and they can hear you clear as day. I mean, I know this empty, but that's still you got to be yelling to hear for them to hear exactly what you're saying. Um, but yeah, it was weird because uh, they were like, "We're gonna stop this game until you leave." Um, and as a, as a GM, he should have just walked out. He was just sitting there on his phone waiting. I'm like, "Look, you're holding up the game. This isn't helping your players out either." Well, I think they're probably losing the time, so he's probably a little pissy. But, I guess. But I yeah, guess. But after the game, Wes said that he's been yelled at. That Ruzo was yelling at the umps, saying that you're brutal because the pandemic, lack of fans in the stadium, you could hear everything. <laughs> so he's like, and then Jess said, I wouldn't take that from a player. I wouldn't take that from a manager. Let he's alone like, a GM. If it was Donald Trump, I'll eject him too, but I'd probably still vote for him. But the microphones <laughs> did pick out. They, that's why people thought Braves were saying, like, he has no mask on. Is okay. that why we're getting holed up? But so they didn't know what was going yeah, on. Yeah, they were, they were confused. He was chirping away. Yeah, like people on Twitter was like, what's going on? Like, you see this guy in an empty suite hanging out, having a good time, and, oh, sorry, like, you're hold the game up. All right. Well, you know what? Let's move on. Uh, another piece of news. <laughs> I, know, I know last time we, we were talking about these unwritten rules and yeah, what we thought about ago. them. Yeah. Uh, well, since we talked about that with Tatis, the Rangers are now 3-17 and 17 since that 3-0 and 0 grand slam by Tatis Jr. What do you think about that? This is why they went from a playoff team to a – dumpster fire at the trade deadline which they still had on to their right spot lance land but even the game before they lost so really they've been three and third and 18 wow. since that before that whole time frame the last 21 games so they're at 10 and 9 before that and now they're 13 and 27 tanking 13 and 27 just think about that what he just said they were 10 and would you say nine 10 and nine uh, one game over 500 and now they're 13 and 27 
That is crazy. And not only is that crazy, they've lost six straight games. Yes. And they lost they got swept by the Seattle Mariners, who's been arguably one of the worst teams in baseball. Ah, but I believe the Mariners are on a six game win streak. Yes, they're streaking now. This is crazy. <laughs> so in that time frame, they've been outscored sixty nine to one twenty six. Wow. They're averaging three point two nine runs a game, giving up six runs a game. Okay, well, the averaging part isn't terrible. Three, three, game, three runs a game should get it done in most cases, but if you're giving up six runs, what does that say about the pitching? Is that what it is? Only thing is, besides Lance Lynn, which he finally did get lit up the other day recently, but he was been that bright spot that holding the team together. I think they've been kind of winning the games that he's pitched, but after that, right. they're... I don't care how good your team is. Even if you're the Yankees, you give up six runs a game, you're not going to win many of them no. at all. That's just that's that's baseball right there. That that's is not going to happen. Baseball. Well, you know, speaking of them losing, uh, let's get into these current standings. Yeah, man. Let's go and start with this National League. All right. So the NLE snow change at the top. We have Atlanta at twenty four and seventeen, holding on to that playoff spot. And then Phillies, the next one. So they're holding their current playoff spot at twenty one and seventeen. Miami is sitting right at five hundred at eighteen eighteen. Mets at 19 and 23, and then Washington at 15 and 25. Right. And, you know, the, the other day the Mets had a good shot. I mean, they were like three games out of the wild card maybe, uh, but they, they, they keep finding a way to lose. Yes. Like the other day I was so excited. They were losing 7 nothing, and then they came back and tied it, or they even took, took the lead. The lead. They, they were down 6 nothing. 6 nothing. They took the lead. 7-6, and they give up the tie. And, and then we lose it in, and in extra innings. It went to extras and ended up losing. They scored a two-run home run. And then we got to run back, and then unfortunately, still yeah. Lost I mean, the game. It, well, it's it's more impressive Ugh. that we got that run back. That's great. Yeah, but we shouldn't have given up the two. You know, or we shouldn't have given up the lead once we got it back. We had the momentum. Yeah, it's it, it's our pitching. It comes down to bullpen every time. Bullpen and starters. Exactly, exactly. And our starters are always question marks right now. <laughs> Unless you're Degrom or Seth Lugo recently. Yeah, and like I said. Question marks because Lugo wasn't even in the start rotation until recently. Yeah, and now that he got thrown in there, and we all know that he could do the job. Well, yeah, he's doing it. He's finally stretched out enough where he went five innings last time. So now it's like, all right, now we got a full starter again. And, you know, Waka's first start from back of injury is not doing well tonight. And then Rick's going again tomorrow night. So it's like. <sighs> and, and he's been getting lit up, too. I mean, it's just the ongoing thing. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about the Central. Uh, the Cubs, um, as far as I've written down, are 24 and 18. Yep. Cardinals are 17 and 16. The, the Brewers are 18, 21. Reds are 18 and 23, and then the Pirates are down there at 13 and 26, which I thought was laughable until I, you know, <laughs> saw what the other teams like the Rangers were doing. Texas. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, so what do we got? You know, Cubs are still mowing it down. I mean, you Darvish is, Darvish is thing. holding that thing together he, for them. He found his groove. Yeah, he's absolutely holding that club together. So technically they have a three-game lead over the percentage of okay. St. Louis. So St. Louis technically has that second spot. Milwaukee is about two games one and a half games back from St. Louis for the other playoff spot. Reds are two and a half back from the second wall from the second spot. And Pittsburgh is 10 games out, which it's almost, we're getting about that time where we start eliminating people. Well, I've already eliminated the pirates for sure. Yeah. They're pretty much, they would have to win out and people lose almost out. I honestly feel like at this point, every single team that's at the bottom of their division right now are out of it because none of those have more than 15 wins. Yeah, and you think about it, we got three weeks left. You're talking about 15 games. And you're talking about the other teams that are yeah. still doing good, going yeah. down, having losing streaks, too. Yeah. So the next of the West, the Dodgers. Yeah, Dodgers are, are crushing it again. They need one game to have a winning season guaranteed. Exactly. They're 30 and 12. Right, and that's, and that's what me and Alan were saying you know, earlier in the season when we said it's only going to be like uh, however many games. Yeah. We figured if you had about 30 wins, you're golden. Yeah, and they're already there with three weeks left to play. Right, huh. so they could basically almost tank it like the Rangers and still have a shot. To, yeah. or sh- you know, They're still going to get into playoffs. So the Dodgers, you know, I don't know what they're going to do. Are they going to ramp it up? Are they going to ease back? Are they going to keep a foot on the pedal steady? Mm, it's going to be interesting. Maybe let the, some players see if they can get in a groove. I don't know. And then, but... Slam Diego is four and a half games back at 26 and 17, so they, they can't really be too safe. They can't be that safe yeah. uh, because they still got the Giants knocking on their, on their door, but then, yeah. they're in a good position right now. Yeah, Giants are at 21, 21 at 500, and then Colorado 20 and 21, and then the D-backs. D-backs at, what, 15 and something. Right, but, but the thing is, you know, the Giants, you know, they're, they're getting momentum. It's just, you know, can they keep it up? That's the question. Yes. Um, all right, well, let's move on to the AL. 
Uh, so we got the East team. Uh, the East uh, division has the Rays sitting at the top at 28 and 14. Not a huge shock to Allen. Nope. <laughs> I thought the Yankees were going to be there, but, you know, then again, I didn't think they're going to be this injured. Uh, then we got the Blue Jays. That's a surprise. 23 and 18. Yep. Um, I kind of had faith that they could make a wild card. I didn't think they're going to be this strong, but they're looking to they're looking to compete. Yeah. Absolutely. Then you have the Yankees at 21 and are they at 21 and 20? Yes. Uh, they're still injured. I'm not counting them out of it, but the crazy part is, is that the Orioles are right behind them at 19 and 21. Yes. And then you got the Red Sox down there at the bottom at 14 yeah. and 20. But the O's. The O's still have a shot. They're technically now trailing the Yankees for that other, that last and final wild card spot. And I'm not going to lie. This is a team to me and Allen both counted out before the season even started. You're talking one and a half back from the Yankees. The Yankees who were projected to be the World Series favorite, got Garrett yes. Cole, yes. division favorite, and they're sitting there at third place trying to hopefully get in because of the expanded playoffs. With nobody huge on their team. I mean, they, they just brought up Mountcastle, who's doing pretty good. Yep. Um, but other than that, we're hearing names like Pedro Severino getting called off on the air and stuff like that. We're not, not no big names that are jumping off the board, but they're str- they're trying to compete. They could absolutely sneak in there in a they wild card. They could be that eighth seed and have to, well, of course, most likely, depending on the season end, as of right now, would face their division rival in Tampa Bay if they get the eighth seed. And you know what we say. When you're facing somebody in the same division, I don't care what your record is. They Everybody can compete at that yeah. point. And remember, the first round's only three games. Exactly. You win the first game, the other team has to win the next two to, to move That's on. That's what I'm saying. If you fluke one of them, who knows? Yeah. You're, anything can happen. If any one of these teams get to the playoffs, I won't count them out because it's going to be such a weird setup, in the, at least in the beginning. Yeah. So then we get the AL Central. Technically, we have a tied at the top with the White Sox and the Indians at 26 and 15. Great. And then the Twins only half came back at 27 and 17. This division, we knew it was going to be tight. Yeah. But with three weeks to play within a half game of the top three seeds is ridiculous. That is, man. That's pretty crazy. These three teams... I, I, I'm telling you right now, uh, somebody is going to get a wild card from this division. Oh, guaranteed. Like I like like you said, what, four more games and you guarantee yourself a winning season, which we all thought 500 will probably get you into the playoffs this year. Yeah, exactly. And Detroit, they were, they were almost there. They could still maybe get a run, but with how far, you know, the Twins are, then also the, the AL East – I think almost Detroit's almost pretty much out of it now, unless almost something happens. But they're not far behind not, if, we, if we're counting like the Yankee stats. Yeah, uh, I mean they're only a couple games back. Yeah, they're doing a lot better than we both thought they would be. Yeah. So and then Kansas City, uh, you know, fourteen. Not not their year. This is definitely nope. not their year. They, we knew they're rebuilding some years, and the young people they're just not there yet. So then the West, Oakland, yeah. still sitting there at top strong. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, in the West you got the A's at twenty four and fourteen. Followed by the Astros are at twenty one and twenty, uh, Mariners at nineteen and twenty two. Then the Angels are at seventeen and twenty five. Followed by the Rangers at thirteen and twenty seven. Yeah. Um, what I like about this division, though, is this division is doing something the other divisions aren't doing. This division is full of streaks. Yep. Um, I know you got the A's at the top; they have a one game win streak. That's fine. But then you got the Astros; they have lost five straight games. Uh, the Mariners have won six straight games. The then- Angels have won five straight games, and then the Rangers have lost six straight. These these teams are doing a lot of the same thing right now. They're yes. either winning or they're losing. So, so what do you know, think about it? So Seattle and Angels are both in the last ten games are seven and three. Okay. So you're talking about getting high at the right, hot at the right time. Exactly. Can they sneak into the eight seed? One of them. They can Houston slip up because remember Verlander's still not back there. So if they get Verlander back, then they can maybe try to hold on to that lead. But remember, if you pass them, remember. Let's see. Seattle is only two games behind Houston for that guaranteed playoff spot. Right. And the Angels aren't far behind either. And the reason I'm saying that is because these teams, look, the Astros have 21 wins down to the Angels with 17. The Angels and the Mariners that are both behind the Astros are on at least a five-game win streak. And the Astros are on a five-game losing streak. If they keep this up, the Astros could miss the playoffs. Let's see. Who Seattle has left? Seattle's playing San Francisco, then they got Arizona, Oakland on a doubleheader, then San Francisco again, Padres, Houston, and then Oakland to finish. Right, that's not easy. That's not easy. And then Angels, they are hosting Texas. Okay. Colorado, Arizona, Texas, San Diego, and then Dodgers. Look at that. 
Angels, Angels have, have a good have way. One of the easiest schedules remaining I've seen in a long time. Right. Not saying the Dodgers or anything like that, but in between those lines, but the Dodgers Angels, last weekend, everything we locked up for the Dodgers, like number right. one seed. Oh, everything. Right. So they might not be playing hard. They exactly. might be saving. They're going to save their arms. I love it. So yes, the Angels definitely have a route to get into the playoffs, whether it's by wild card okay. or by taking the Astros out. And the same thing with the Mariners. Look. They both didn't you say the Mariners play the Astros? Yes. If they if they keep doing what they're doing and they start beating the Astros, that's going to make headway for the Angels and the Mariners to surpass them yeah. and kick them out of the playoff race. So that's the one I'm watching right now. The AL West is one of those divisions I'm keeping an eye, an eye on just based off of the win streaks and lose streaks alone. Yeah. So if Houston keeps slipping and Seattle, and it's funny Seattle like sold a bunch of players. Because they thought they were done, and look at the streak they're on. Look, man, you never know. You never know. This right, could be good Houston for them. Finally loaded. Yeah. Houston are playing Oakland right now. Then they play Dodgers, Texas, Arizona, Seattle, and then Texas again. Okay, so they have a couple of possibly easy ones. Yeah. But they got some hard ones in there, too. So it's, it's about 50-50. It's not a super easy schedule. It's it's a middle-of-the-road schedule that they have to win. Yes. Man. They have they have to they have to keep their foot on the pedal on the gas to keep this going. So they're not in a good spot to relax. They got this, the pressure on them because they're supposed to be there, and they they're going to be they might be in trouble. The other two teams, they got momentum. Yeah. So next, but, so yeah, let's talk about the playoffs. So in the National League, we have the top three seeds. Of course, is going to be Atlanta, Chicago, and. Um, Dodgers are holding from the division. Okay. The next spot is Philly, St. Louis, and San Diego. And then your seven and eight seed is technically Miami and San Francisco. Okay. And these are all respectable teams. Um, I know that we kind of joked on Miami, but, you know, I can't. Ever since they've been back, they've still been doing their thing. Right there at 500. You you finish 500. We believe that you will get into the playoffs. I firmly believe that. Yes, absolutely. 30 30 wins should get you in. Yeah. So we'll see, you know, with three weeks left to play, it's it's time to put up or shut up. Exactly. Okay. So, and then the American League, of course, your three division leaders are the Rays. Technically, I guess we'll give it to the White Sox right now. Okay. And then Oakland, and then the other spot is Toronto, Cleveland, and then Houston. And then the wild cards right now, of course, would be the Twins and the Yankees holding on to that eighth and final seed. So what I like about this is that we just got done talking about the West and the AL, and you didn't mention any of those two teams that are trailing the Astros, which means to me that there is going to be a very tight competition for this last wild, these last wildcard spots. Yes. So if you think about, let's see, the Baltimore Orioles. Which are, are right on their tails, 19 and. One and a half back from Yankees. Right. And pretty much so is Seattle for that eighth seed. And then from there, it'll be another – so there'll be three games out. Angels would be three games out of the wild card. So it's still close. And then I forgot, uh, Detroit will be two games out. That's what I'm saying. It, there's a lot of things going to happen. There's still enough game for them to make up some room. It just depends. These these games are going to be crucial. So it, it all depends on what team shows up. But there's going to be a big fight for this. Very big fight. So we'll have to keep a very close eye and break down these next few weeks, especially with playoffs, you know. We'll be getting locked up, eliminated the next two weeks, so we'll definitely keep an eye on this. All right, let's talk about some players of the week. Yeah, you know, who's lining up, who's coming on the stretch. Let's start with the AL. AL pitcher of the week. for pitcher I think of the week. We might have the same one. All right, well, who you got? Mr. Consistent this year for Shane Bieber. Yeah, I got Shane Bieber as well. Um, I mean, his last outing, he only pitched five innings, but, you know, he, he gave it five hits and earned run and one walk, but he had 10 Ks. Um, which improved his season to seven wins, zero losses, a 1.25 ERA with 94 strikeouts. He is cruising this season. Got to be the clear favorite for the Cy Young. Yeah. Um, ever since that opening day and second start, <laughs> yeah. it's like, oh, Bieber did what? Okay, yeah, he's just staying consistent. Like, It's almost like what we heard from DeGrom the last two years. It's like, oh, you only gave up one run and 10 strikeouts? Hold on. I, you know, I just thought about... Earlier in the year when we did the vault picks, didn't I think I picked Bieber for the Cy Young most wins in the future award because he was a young guy. Maybe. It was either him or Flaherty, but I'm pretty sure it was Bieber. <sighs> Flaherty sounds familiar. I know. I think maybe I picked Flaherty. We'll have to go back and check yeah. these out. But, yeah, if he if he went to Cy Young this year, I'm already in a runner for the 10-year the record. <laughs> yeah, one. That's more than a lot of people picked, I bet. Yeah. I bet a lot of people was like Verlander, Verlander, who else? I don't know. I doubt Kershaw. It. <laughs> so, I'm just saying. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. Uh, do you got an AL player of the week? Yes. 
I have um, position player. I'm sorry. Position, yeah. Uh, Lou, God, why am I drawing a blank right now? Uh, Luis uh, Grandel, out, outfielder for the Blue Jays. All right. He's batting this week with 467, going 14 for 30, two home runs, and I think it was a six RBIs. Nice. And that's why the, now the Blue Jays are second spot yeah. in the playoff race. Yeah. Somebody, the somebody's got to be in there doing it. Can't just be there pitching. Yeah. Um, great. Um, so who so, you got? Yeah, my AO player of the week is none other than Mr. Mike Trout. Um, you know, he's always been crushing it this year. He's, he's got to be one of the clear favorites again for the MVP. Um, and I'm just going to talk about the last five games. Last five games, he's batting 500 with eight hits, three home runs, and six RBIs. My man's killing it. He's and drink- that's... Pr- huh? He's drinking that special Michael juice. <laughs> exactly. Mike's special juice, whatever. And, and, that's, the, and that's the reason uh, they are that they're on a streaking. Exactly. Because it's between Darren Buddy finally being the pitcher, which I was surprised they did not trade. Yeah. They kept him, and they, that might be benefit for him if they can make a run or come close where they keep him, and then they add a pitcher this offseason. So, but... Everyone is contributing right now. You know, um, Rendon's finally fully healthy, so he's finally getting some numbers involved. And so you really can't pitch around Trout anymore because you got Rendon. So we'll see what this concludes for him the rest of the year. Yeah, I mean, his other teammates are going to have to the, get it together, though, for them to make a big run. I mean, we, we need to see some more from, from all the old guys and the new guys. Yeah. All right, well, let's move on to the National League. Uh, National League Pitcher of the, of the Week. Pitcher of the week for me, it has to be DeGrom. I know as a Mets pitcher, it's kind of hard, but when you have 35 <laughs> swings and misses. Oh, yeah. It's, I think he it, broke a record. Yeah, it broke his, the record, and then he had um, 13 strikeouts, you know, no earned runs, brought his ERA back down to right in discussion. Here we go. Is, it, is he winning his third straight Cy Young that people are already asking if he wins his third straight Cy Young, is he almost destined for the Hall of Fame now? If, it's that discussion now because he is right there yet again. If he gets his third straight Cy Young, I think he's he's got to be an automatic yes for the Hall of Fame. I think what he's done so far, you know, coming into the league, you know, late as a pitcher, I feel like he's, he's got a good case. I mean, he might not have the stats, but this – He's with what he's got, he's done the best with. Yes. And I feel like if he does get this third Cy Young, especially in a row, three Pete, you got you gotta make room for the man. Yeah. Um well speaking of Cy Young Awards, uh my National League pitcher of the week is the other guy going up for the possible Cy Young so far. You Darvish. You Darvish of the Cubs. His last outing against the Cardinals, he won uh pitching seven innings, had one hit, one earned run, and eleven strikeouts. But you has been killing it this year. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's 7-1 and one right now. Yes. Um, but like I said, his stats are there. He, he, him and DeGrom right now are the talks of the Cy Young. Yeah, they're one of the, the two of the three, four that have been mentioned that we'll discuss about. But, you know, it's been the shocker because, you know, Darvish last couple of years has been mediocre to pretty bad. So that's the question mark going into this season with the Cubs was what pitcher is going to step up because Lesnar's older, Woods is okay pitcher, but then – Darvis, like, what Darvis are you getting? Exactly. Well, this Darvis they're getting is the bright spot in leading this team to this division win, most likely. Okay, yeah, I mean, Darvish definitely did not live up to the hype when he came over here. I mean, he, he was he was good, but injuries and other things like that happen, and who knows what happens when you transition. A couple trades. Exactly. So maybe his um, confidence wasn't there. And But he's he's got it right now. He's, whatever is happening is clicking. Yes, very clicking, very much so. So what's your position player for the National League? So my position player for the National League is Alex Dickerson of the Giants. Okay. His last seven games, he's got 11 hits, four home runs, nine RBIs. His batting average is four fifty eight. And like I said, the Giants are one of those teams that can get hot. And if they get hot, who knows what they can do? Like, I like what he's been doing. Like I said, right now they're sitting right there at that number eight seed. Yeah, exactly. They're holding on to that last and final seed. And they're one of the teams that look like they're having fun out there this year. Yeah, and like that could be a team that could easily steal a win from you, and then you got to somehow win two straight. And if your ace goes one, and somehow they pull out that first victory, is like who are you going to depend on your game two and three? Yeah, but it could be a Cinderella story for these guys. And, and you know we can't ever count the Giants out. You know they usually win every other year, but at least they did a de- <laughs> in the last decade. Their their organization knows how to win. New coach, new feeling, young players like. They might have the mix. They might have the something special. Well, who you got? I got Marzell Azuna oh, from yeah. the Braves. Yeah. 
You know, he had the three home run game the other day, but you know, <laughs> for this week he went thirteen for twenty eight, batting four sixty four and five home runs. Five home runs, man, that's pretty filthy. That's just keeping those Braves right there at the top of the division and just, you know, not really extending their lead. They're doing okay, but, you know, they still have that strong lead that they're not willing to give up since, like, the first week of the season. Yeah, man, and he's been making it count. Like you said, he's been holding the team together for the Braves. His last seven games, uh, he's done everything, and I think he even has 13 RBIs. Well, you know, those are helping that team win and stay at the top. And it's helping him out because, remember, he signed a one-year deal to bet on himself, to prove himself, to try to get that extra money, which we saw Josh Donaldson did last year with the Braves. Had a great year. Now he signed a four-year deal with the Twins. Man. So can Zuna could do the same thing? It possibly could happen. Maybe he can. I mean, at this rate, who knows? Man, we'll have to keep an eye on this. But, you know, with three weeks left in the season, like we just talked about how people are talking about favorites, we're figuring we start breaking down these end-of-year awards because it's like starting to keep an eye on who's our favorites, who are not. So first thing first is the AL MVP race. Who's your, like – three guys that you kind of thinking about in that division well i don't or, know if i i mean I, I have a couple so al mvp obviously i got mike trout in yes. there for good reason um but the guy who's on my radar right now is on the white Sox, jose abreu he is on my list as well jose abreu guys like did you think we we're gonna be talking about him as mvp right now i didn't um so far he's batting 315 with 13 home runs and 40 rbis he's been absolutely keeping the white Sox in it yes like He's that veteran on the team with a, surrounded by a bunch of young guys and the pitching showing up like he re-signed. He's the first baseman and he is loving this team probably right now. And he is benefiting from the all the other young pitchers around him because he's got to get pitched to. And like I said, betting 315 and knocking in 40 RBIs and right, fun. Right. And he's like one of the guys that you're not really thinking about. Like, like, you know, looking at the White Sox, something like Tim Anderson and, and some of the, some of the guys who are like, you know, big names yeah. are s- supposed to be. But when Jose Abreu gets out there, like you said, he's a veteran presence and he's making it, he's making it work. He's throwing out a case for being the best player this year. Yeah. So besides those two that you just threw out, I have one other name that's kind of been not really big hype, but he's been consistent all year is Nelson Cruz. Yeah. He's, yes, he's a DH, but when you're batting 333, 14 home runs, 30 RBIs, and 48 hits, right. you're consistent. That's MVP. You're, you're, the, you're the heart of the lineup. You're the reason why they're doing what they're doing. I agree completely. Yeah. Like, he's – it's that slow start moment. Like, he could be a finalist. How crazy would it be to have a DH win the MVP? If he can get hot and then that team, like, ends up winning the division because of his benefit, it could get a real big discussion. All right. Well, you know, with that being said, what do we think about the AL Cy Young? Like, let's, let's, let's be completely honest. It's Shane Beavers to lose. I agree. At this point. I agree. The next closest person I have is Dallas Keuchel from the White Sox. He's 6-2 and two with a 2.19 ERA. His strikeouts ain't there, but he's doing it, you know, the short ball way. He only has 32 strikeouts. Okay. Well, you know, like you said, it's Shane Beavers to lose because... His stats are more impressive than that. He's 7-0 with a one two five ERA, 94 strikeouts. I mean, yeah. you don't get better than that. Yeah. It, like, when I was like, is this, do we need, I was like, well, I was like, who's the closest other one that if Bieber slips up enough that someone could sneak in? And uh, Dallas Keuchel is that other person that maybe could sneak in. Bieber's going to have to get lit up, man. He's going to have to give up, like, six yeah, in really, the next game. And then he might have to give up more the next if game. If you really that. think about it, they got, like, what, four more starts? Right. Most of the that's starting what, that's pitchers. So he's really got to get lit up for Dallas, and, and, and Dallas I, is good to sneak in there. And I feel like in order for Bieber to lose this and only four more starts or so, um, he'd have to get injured. There's no other way around it. I don't see him giving up that much or let or them letting him sit out there here to get that hurt, hit. I just don't see it. Yeah. So with that, you know, you think of the AL manager spots, you know. First come the first, you think about the, guy, the team I have winning the – American League or picks is the Tampa Bay Rays with Kevin Cash. Yeah, yeah, been doing great stuff there. One of the lowest payrolls in baseball, and still one of the best records. And you and you could thank the front office for that, because <laughs> <laughs> uh, they obviously knew what they were doing. Yes. And then another, guy, of course, we just talked about is the White Sox. Yeah. With Rick, uh, Renteria. Renteria. That's the name I have. Yeah. Uh, my AL Manager of the Year right now. If I had to pick it, I'm going with Rick Renteria of the White Sox. Because they have been doing great things yes. beyond expectations. And I can't wait to see what happens this year and next. And then, of course, you can throw in the Oakland A's manager, Bob Melvin, and then um, Terry Francola from the Indians. Because oh, yeah. you think about Indians, they trade away so much pitching this offseason and previous season. They're like, okay, are they tanking? And Shane Beaver, like I said, Cy Young, and then other guys are stepping up. 
even trade away, you know, Clevenger, and you're still technically tied for the division right now. Yeah, I like that. I like that manager for sure. Yeah. Um, I agree 100%. So then we got the rookie of the year. I have two guys that kind of stuck out so far this year, and one of them was almost a preseason favorite. All right, well, who you got? That's Luis Roberts at the White Sox. Yeah, I everyone mean, like this was the prospect. Everyone's like, I can't wait to see him play this year. And, and we mentioned him last week. I think he was my player of the week yeah. last week. He's been crushing it. Yeah, and so have the White Sox. Yeah, you know he has thirty eight hits, eleven home runs, twenty seven RBIs. His average is only two sixty six, but as a rookie, that's not terrible. He does need to give it up. And then the other guy I got is Kyle Lewis of the Seattle Mariners. Right, and that's the guy that I have right now. If I had to pick my AL Rookie of the Year, is it's Kyle Lewis. His batting average is 310. He's got nine home runs and 23 RBIs. Absolutely great for a rookie. Great rookie season. Yeah. yeah. If Seattle keeps winning, he might get more talked about. Because like he said, it's the West Coast, yep. the North, Northwest Coast that no one talks about. A team that's supposed to be not nowhere there. If they can sneak into playoffs, Kyle will be the big factor. He'll be a clear-cut favorite to win that rookie of the year. Agreed. So then we get to go to the National League. And first things first is the MVP and I have three names that are like they're close, and it all depends on what happens. And I think the first things first has got to be Tatis Jr. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I, I don't know how you can have this discussion without him in the mix right yeah. now. He's been doing great things. He's been all over the all over every network. Yeah, I like him. I like and what they're doing. You go from a injured shortened Seaton to getting second place in Rookie of the Year last year yep, yep. to finally getting a full season healthy again and going being almost the clear cut favorite to win MVP as of right now. The other guys, of course, it is a former MVP, but in the American League, Mookie Betts. Okay. And then also this young, this our guy, Mike Yastrzemski. Yeah. So my National League MVP, the one that I wrote down just because I'm biased right now, is Mike Yaz. His batting average is 301 with eight home runs, 28 RBIs, and he is absolutely helping his team get in there. Like, if it wasn't for Yaz, we wouldn't be talking about the Giants right now, I don't think. Yeah. Look, Yaz is one of the big factors. We were real surprised that he didn't get traded. They believe in that team, and they think they're going. He's a part of their future. And then Mookie, like I said, when I picked the MVP for the season, I just said a Dodger because I felt like whoever's the best Dodger <laughs> was going to probably get the votes. Absolutely. Until Tatis has been tearing the ball up lately. Yeah, so that's something to keep an eye on the NL MVP for sure. And then we already kind of talked about a little bit of this already is the Cy Young for the National League with Darvis Degrom, and then the other two who are kind of still close but not really is Max Fred and Trevor Bauer. And Mac, Max Fried, I believe, just got injured. He got, he put, got on, put on the 10 days. He so got put on injured. That's going to hurt his Absolutely. chances Absolutely. I don't have him in the mix at all. I'm with Allen. My top two, the ones we got to keep an eye on, is Darvish and DeGrom. And respectively, they're very close. Yes. They are very close. I got Darvish edged right now. Yeah. He's 7-1 with a 1.44 ERA, you know, 63 strikeouts yep. and a .88 whip. DeGrom is 3-1 with a 1.69 ERA, 70 Ks, with also a .88 whip. Exactly. And we know that wins don't mean everything because DeGrom has been doing it back-to-back years with no wins because he gets no support. Although he did get support his last outing, I hope it wasn't all the support we can give him because they put up 14. (laughs) Finally, the Mets put up 14 runs for him. (laughs) But, you know, he only needed like two. Um, But, yeah, man, it's very close. DeGrom and Darvish are very close, side-by-side. Tick for tat. Yeah. It's going to be a tough one. If Darvish has a bad outing, we might have an opening for DeGrom to just take the, the lead by himself. But as of right now, if they keep pitching like this, it's going to come down to the wire. Yeah. And then, like, Trevor, with Max Fred injury out, so it's pretty much put him. And then if you think the third horse of the race is Bauer at 3-3 three and three with a 2.05 ERA with 61 strikeouts with a .86 whip, he's not too far. So if, both, not. if both DeGrom and Darvis have one bad outing and he has a stellar outing, he now can, we're going to be talking about We're three. talking about a three-head exactly. race going into the final two weeks exactly. of the season. And, no, those are great stats. Bauer's putting up great numbers right now. Especially for a contract year. Exactly. And, and, and even, even if he doesn't get the Cy Young Award, those numbers alone for a contract that year is, are ace solid. Money. Ace money solid. this exactly. offseason. season. Exactly. I, I, I don't know where you's getting it from, man. You Darvish is this, this everything is clicking up there. An older guy, you thought like I said, he had like a four point some ERA last year, and yeah. now you got a one point four four. He's feeling it, and I like it. I he like is. seeing you throw the ball, man. So uh, that's pretty good. Good for him. Yeah. Absolutely. But you know, I still got a root for my boy DeGrom. I gotta hope this three P goes through because you know right? the Mets got a root for something. Yeah, we uh, that's our guy <laughs> and you know. Rookie of the year, now two time, hopefully going for a three Cy Young. So it's gonna be real close eye to watch. So the next category we got for is the National League Manager of the Year. All right. And clearly you think Dodgers when you come to that with this record they're at on stream. But 
it's we expected of them. Yeah, absolutely. We preseason we expected them yeah, to be number so one. So it's like okay, they were right there last year. They of course didn't get it done, but I think the clear cut has got to be David Ross right now. You with think the Cubs? So? Absolutely. Look, man, nobody can call First a game year better. Manager. Than, yeah, nobody can call a game better than a catcher, and old man Ross absolutely has the stars in line. And I don't know what he did, he's done with you, Darvish, but him, you, Darvish, and the whole squad have finally aligned, and they're like, look, man, we're going to make a run for it. Yeah, remember, this is possibly one of the last years with the, some of this team together. Absolutely. Some of these guys are free agents, so they might walk away. So this could be the final run for this Cubs team. They got their one World Series win. Ross was a part of it. And now he's managing to hope to get that one final run. Then they might go rebuild mode. We don't know yet. We, we don't have to wait till this offseason if people decide to stay, take you know a discount, or do they leave and get paid? Well, only time will tell. My nomination for this year's National League Manager of the Year is also a first year coach of the Giants, Gabe Kapler. This team was not supposed to be in the position they are. They're not supposed to do anything, and he has taken them from nothing to being talked about. Well. You know, t- a couple weeks ago until, you know, Yankees made, I mean, uh, not Yankees, but Phillies make some trade. It's like, okay, it wasn't the manager. Right. Exactly. And that's my biggest point because I liked him as a manager. I mean, yes. Two years, he finished 500 both years. Exactly. It's n- and I never thought it was a manager's fault. I, I would have pointed fingers at Bryce Harper first. But I don't know what, what was going on, but he is proving that he belongs as a manager in the right, league. Right, because we thought Giants was going to be like like the Pirates. Like, oh, Absolutely. This, Forgot this team. Easily oh, forgettable. A bunch of real old veterans. The pitching staff's not there. Yeah. You, you know, you lose, you know, um, uh, Bumgarner. Bumgarner. So you're like, okay, this team is nothing this we year. We thought they were a super rebuild year, which they could be, but the manager has brought this team together to compete. I love it. Yeah. So I would not be surprised at all, especially if they get in the playoffs then they will be discussed. Like, you know, Cubs will be discussed. Cause, yeah. And then Giants will be discussed because they weren't supposed to be there. I agree. If the Giants can make it to even, the playoffs. Um, the Mariners. Yeah, absolutely. If, they're doing, if they keep doing what they're doing and any one of these teams make it to the playoffs, make a run, those guys are absolutely going to be in a mix and should be talked about higher than the others. Yeah. So we'll keep an eye and see if, you know, these teams that are like right there outside or right at the bubble – if they can get in, the manager might look golden and might get those votes. Absolutely. And then the last category in the National League, of course, is Rookie of the Year. Rookie of the Year. And I have one position player and two pitchers right now that stick out for rookies. Okay. Well, I only have one position player right now. Yeah. That's all. I have one position and two pitchers. Um, the position player I got is, of course, Jake Cronenworth. Cronenworth from the Padres. And that's the same guy I have. You know, 40 hits, four home runs, 19 RBIs, batting 325 for Slam Diego. Yeah. It's, yeah. He's that bright spot, which, you know, second base, they've always been wondering, and he's came in and did his thing. So Yeah, man. A rookie coming in, batting 325 for the season, absolutely helping out his team. Um, and like I said, the Padres are looking good right now. Like, he's don't have to be the power. He has Machado behind him. He has Tatis. So, really, he gets on base, and he gets batted in. So, he's doing his job. That, exactly. That's his job. That's what we want. So, the, well, the first pitcher is Dustin May for me from the Dodgers. Okay. Yes, he's only 1-1, one one, but his, he has a 2.88 ERA, 28 strikeouts, and a 1.11 whip. That's pretty solid. Which we knew going into the season that he was one of those candidates, one of the rookie cards people were looking for. Mm-hmm. Like, this could be their next Clayton something in L.A. And he's so far, has been so good. The next person, unfortunately, recently his era has shot up, but was David Peterson of the Mets. Oh, okay. He was four and one, but now he has a four point two ERA, uh. twenty four strikeouts, so and then a one point uh, three WHIP. Okay. So he has a bunch of wins, and they're like, okay, this is in discussion. But then his course last outing was very terrible, so his ERA shot up. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Uh, maybe he has a couple more starts in him, get that down some. We'll see what happens. Yeah, you know, for if he can get like. Three, more, three, four more starts, win three of them, you know, seven wins. And remember, he didn't start the season with the team. He got called up. So there's that benefactor depending on, on that. So we'll keep an eye on all these rookies and all these categories for the end of the year with three weeks left to play. All right, so uh, let's get into some Mets news finally. Um, first thing we have to talk about is the selling of the team. It seems like A-Rod is upset. He thinks that uh, the, the, the team was, was rigged. Fixed, he th- rigged. He's just really pissed. But 
I think what it was is the comments, like we said about, you know, little Wilpon saying that he hates Steve Cohen and daddy's like, I'm trying to get paid. So move out of the way. Yeah, man. Um, so, yeah, so after the news broke that uh, Steve Cohen will become the Mets' new owner. Well, he's a- in exclusive uh, negotiations. Exclusive negotiations, yeah. A-Rod over here is crying foul. He believes that the bidding was rigged in Cohen's favor. A source close to A-Rod uh, told him that they took the bids and showed them to Cohen. Yeah. Um, and that they were never given an opportunity to match the offer. Yeah. So he was very upset. And some people believe that A-Rod was blackballed because he was talking to the former Astros um, GM that they are friends so I think he was just getting his opinion on the situation, and apparently people found out, and a lot of owners did not like that. So you're that. saying he's not going to get the votes, even if he was the winner. So there's that rumor, rumor. But earlier today, it came out that they've now still submitted their bid, and but the, now J-Lo, J-Lo yeah. is the operation president. Of, I saw that, too. I was like, oh, so her name is up there, and apparently their offer is... Two point three five billion. My only thing is, is that we've we've been talking about this for a couple weeks now. Even though we, we think it's cute that A Rod and J Lo are trying to bid for the Mets, where are they going to get the funds? Even if they win the bid, that's my thing. And I don't know. Cohen has the funds. We know this. Yeah. We don't know where the money's going to come from when A Rod and J Lo take over. If that happens, we're not going to be able to sign anybody. Who are we going to play with? We're going to have guys out of the minor league system. I don't know what's going to happen. So I think Cohen's definitely going to get this locked up. Yeah. What they believe is he pretty much had the votes going into the sale that was supposed to be finalized back in, what was it, February, March. So I believe Mets did call around to the owners and said, pretty much got assumed that he would got the votes, so that's why they went with Cohen to start negotiation. And what people are more hearing, it's about 1.8, 1.9 in cash, and then Cohen taking on the debt that the Mets have, which oh. is rumor is it's apparently $200 million just from this season. So you're taking on that, the previous debt, but... I'm pretty sure he's still trying to get SNY from the Wilpons. Has to. Me and Alan both said it doesn't make sense not to because you're going to be losing money for years to come if you don't get that locked up. Yeah. And as a businessman, Cohen's not stupid. He knows what he needs and he knows what he needs to do to make this work. So I'm sure it's a negotiation. Yeah. It's indefinitely they're trying to get some deal done. And then the tweet or the statement that Cohen put out for about Tom Seaver passing away, you show how much of a fan he was growing up. Okay. His stipulation, how like watching Tom was a bright spot for me, especially when I remember watching that perfect game that he lost in the ninth inning. Like It's a statement that an owner puts out, and it shows his passion for the Mets, so I'm like, I even feel even more stronger about him becoming our owner. Because you know he actually likes the game and yes. follows it. Yes. I always get, he's I always, always been a diehard fan right. of the Mets. It's like, well, okay, he's, he has bleeded blue and orange. He's going to bleed blue and orange until he dies, and he will go for this team. And as a fan, I think I absolutely like that idea. I always – get a little worried when somebody comes in who has a lot of money but no experience or doesn't watch the game. That's that's kind of weird as an owner. But as a guy who's truly a fan and has money, well, this yeah. is exciting. Especially he's been trying to get into baseball the last couple of years, and now the opportunity of him to get his hometown team that he grew up loving I think is a dream come true for him. So let's say he does get the team. What moves should Cohen make this offseason to improve this team? I honestly don't know what kind of moves he should make. Um, the only thing that I've – talked about and griped about for the last couple of years is always our bullpen pitching. If he can spend some money and get some bullpen pitchers in there that are actually worth something, I, I think that's where money should be spent. I like the team itself. I just think we need more help in the bullpen. I think first thing first, <laughs> he's gonna they're going to contact JT Ramuto's agent. Okay. Here's a blank check. What do you want? Okay. They you're you're going to get the best catcher. And then I think what you should do next is get one of the top two pitchers. Okay. Free agent. Okay. Yeah. Either that's re-sign Marcus Stroman or bring in Trevor Bauer. I, I'm not. I don't think we should re-sign Stroman. I mean, come on. Well, man. that's the top two. So that's your two options. You mean free agents? Yes. I, I think we should go out and get someone. Like, I don't know. Bauer's the other oh, one. Oh, Bauer would be great. Yeah. I like Bauer. I like Stroman too. I just don't. You know, I think we need something more. We need like a Kershaw kind of name. Or that's something. the the two big pitchers that are out okay. there this off season. Unless you're gonna have to trade, which we do not have trade prospects. To- I think he should get two apples. <laughs> For the home run. <laughs> so, and then definitely you need to go out there and try to find some bullpen arms. Yeah, bullpen arms is the main thing I can think of. Yeah, but if we get a solid catcher, because this is um, Ramos's last year, we have no one that's going to be anywhere close to being ready in the minor league system. So JT is clear-cut the catcher. And since the Philly has not signed them yet, mm-hmm. maybe they can't, they're not close in the money. Maybe he's waiting to see how the Phillies do this season and see how the market holds out. We'll wait, and then I, I, a lot of people believe Trevor's going back to California. 
Okay. And that's why a lot of people think angels might happen. With oh, Trevor that'd be Bauer. great. That'd be great for the angels. So Strowman might want to stay in New York. So if we don't get Trevor, Strowman could be the other option. Especially if Lugo steps up this year and he becomes, say, the number two behind DeGrom. So then really you need a third. What about Syndergaard? Syndergaard, I think you'd put in a fourth. Come back from Tommy John. Yeah. You wouldn't put him as a third. But still, Syndergaard as your fourth pitching option. And then fifth, I think David Peterson right now has almost got that spot almost sewn up. He just needs to fix some work on some things. Okay. Then you just go to bullpen. I think the the lineup is solid besides catching because that's we're gonna lose Ramos. Well, that's what I'm year. saying. As a guy coming in, is he gonna want a whole new team, or is he just want to build with the team that he has? I think especially with Jimenez, well, I'm, I'm being just, there, Dom being, it, and then and then another thing he needs to do, he needs to resign. He needs to extend Conforto. Absolutely. Look, I've been saying this for years, man. Conforto is super underrated, and this year he's one of the best Mets players. Period. Every time I see a Mets stat, Conforto's doing something: extra base hits, driving people in. He's getting it done. Um, and like you said, Dom Smith has found his way now. He's doing great. And Jimenez is the best utility player I've seen since Michael Kadire. He's pretty um, much taking over that shortstop position. Right. I, 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 like, I like where the team's going. So, yeah, I like to see him keep the team the way they are, keep the team together. But we really need to go spend money on our pitching. Yeah. And if he could do that, man, what, what a difference that'll make. Yeah. Especially with Conforto, next year, his last year of his contract, then he can hit free agent after next we gotta year. We got to pay that man. And with his possibly, most likely getting some MVP votes if he keeps it up, what he's been doing. So you're thinking about, you know, top 10 MVP voting and this a lefty. year. And, you know, like we got to lock this guy up. Yeah. He might be able to take a little discount. We don't know what he's looking for. So with the wait and see, but I'm almost thinking as a fan, you got to think I got to lock up my corner outfield. I think he's looking for one of those big contracts. I mean, a decent contract. He's not looking for some small change. No. This might be the only big contract he can sign. Yeah, he um, came from college. So, yeah, this is probably going to be his, his big deal. Right. Um, you know what else was funny is that the other day I saw uh, McNeil hit a home run, and it was his first of the year. I yes. know he's hitting two now, I think. Yes. But I was like, this man, weekend, yeah. how is that your first of the year? Like, you know, it just blew my mind, it's man. It's just unfortunate. Like, his average is above 300 now. Which is a standard for him. Yeah. McNeil is, is a hitter. I yes. like him. He's like an Ichiro. I know he's going to get his hits. But I'm surprised he, didn't, he hasn't been hitting home runs recently. It's just, I don't know. Like, he's in the slump just like, um... Pete was uh, at the beginning Pete, of the year. <laughs> Pete Pete is like fouling off balls that he wasn't fouling last year. Yeah, yeah. So it's like he, but he's finally getting the contract, some solid contact. He has ten home runs now. Well, you also got to keep in mind that you know Pete wasn't, uh, he's not a rookie anymore. Yeah. they got more numbers, Number, on him, more yeah. stats on him. Yeah, so he's we adjust. Knew, everybody's got to adjust. So everyone's going to adjust. Same thing with McNeil. Uh, finally, a full year yeah. of information about McNeil now. Exactly. So everyone's figuring it out, but you know. When we have one of the best lineups in baseball, percentage-wise, <laughs> I know. Then you go to the questions of who's going to start behind, besides Degrom and Lugo. What kind of outing we're going to get from our starters, and then if they get roughed up, what bullpen guys we're going to throw out there, and what they're going to give us. And exactly like you said, we have some of the best stats for hitting in the league, but we can't win games. It's nuts because you, you would assume they'd go hand in hand, and and that falls back on our pitching, like Alan said. When the manager, his biggest, toughest decisions are deciding who's going to go out there and not blow this game, that's not good. Yeah. Like, when you took the guy that you depended on the bullpen to be a starter in Lugo, which Diaz has finally stepped up since he was given the role, kind of. Okay. So, it's like, finally, we, he's kind of stepping up then, but it's everyone beforehand. Giselleman went back to the bullpen. He's getting lit up. Um. You know, the guy, unfortunately, he gave up the two-run home run to win the, lose the game last day. The extra that we got from the Orioles, he gave up the two-run home run. It's like, come on, who are we going to depend on? That's why this, all, this trade in line, I said we need a starter because no one else is working out, and fortunately, that might bite us if we try to make this run. So the next thing is, can the Mets make the run the rest of the year to get into the playoffs? I mean, it's a tough one, but ultimately, I'm going to say, yes, they can make a run. But they got to get on track now. Um, I think prior to tonight, we were like uh, two and a half or three games back from the wild card. We're losing tonight, so that's going to set us back even further. Yeah. Um, but you know the Mets' motto, you got to believe. Yeah. So I think we can do it. It's just tough. It's going to be very tough because if you think about it, if you look at our schedule, besides uh, Baltimore, which is still technically in the playoff race yeah. tonight and tomorrow. Yeah. And we're losing to them right now. The next team that we will face that is not a playoff team is the last series of the week, the year against the Nationals. After this, we go to Buffalo. 
Okay. We host Atlanta. We host Tampa Bay. Yeah. Philly. Oh, and man. Then fi- then, and then I think finally it's like um, the Nationals, the last four-game right. series. So luckily the Nationals haven't been the best team this year. But like you said, we're playing three teams that are super solid. Um, but, you know, if we want to be in a playoffs, we have to beat the better teams anyways. But I feel like in order for us to get in, we need to start winning series. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We got Toronto this weekend, three games. Then at Philly, three games. Home against Atlanta, three games. Home against Tampa Bay. And then at Washington, four games. So that's what, about five more, five more uh, series? We have one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, so out of these five series, I feel like we need to win at least three of them and break even on two somehow, at a minimum. We can't lose no more series. Well, I'm just saying, depending on what everybody else is so doing. So ultimately, we lose tonight. We have to win tomorrow night to break even with the Orioles. Then we go to Buffalo, <laughs> which they said DeGrom's <laughs> going to pitch Friday night now. Okay. So we have to win two out of those. Philly, we need to sweep would be better. Oh, I mean, I, f- I feel like, you know, yes, we do need to win these series. So but it also depends on what the other teams yeah. in the division are doing as well. But we need to win. That's, that's the bottom line. We can't – there's not enough time to lose series, like Alan said. And then in that final um, series of the year with the Nationals, we would probably need to take three out of the four to hope for something there that last series. I agree, man. I absolutely agree. Um, and I hope <laughs> – I, if it does come down to the last series and the Nationals knock us out, that would be upset. But um, I, th- I think we can make a run. Will we make a run? It just depends. It really depends on how the pitching steps up. Yeah. So, of course, one of the teams we're, we're um, behind is Miami. So they're in Atlanta the next two nights. Well, they play Atlanta. No, they're in Atlanta. Then they're home against Philly for, oh, my God. I forgot. They have to make up all those games. Oh. So they play Philly one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times in a row Whew. at home. They go regular game, doubleheader, regular game, doubleheader, regular game. Well, so this isn't great news for us either because both those teams are ahead of us. Yeah. So then they play Boston. Then they play five games against the Nationals. Then four games against Atlanta. And then they end with the Yankees. Okay. Okay. Well, if the Yankees are still doing what they're doing right now, then they will need to play those games pretty hard. Um, but other than that, I mean, they're you know their their schedule doesn't seem too easy or too hard. It seems and then middle of the line. Let's go and pull up the Giants since that's technically the eight seed right now. Uh, they are playing Seattle for the next two nights. Then they go to Slam Diego. Mm. Then they go up to Seattle. Then they go to Oakland, Ooh. host Car- Colorado, and then they host San Diego. Oh. <laughs> Okay, so if the Giants make the playoffs, they really earned it. Yeah, they good they got a, they got a tough schedule in our <laughs> eyes right now, based on where the teams are standing and how they've been playing recently. That's a pretty tough uh, yeah. schedule. Absolutely. Yeah, I totally forgot Miami has all those games they have to make up. Oh my God, <laughs> seven games against a team. Well, so yeah. So really, you're ultimately going to be seeing the same pitcher twice in that series. Yep. Oh my God. Yeah, man. Uh, so we'll we'll definitely. We'll have mm. some way better information on where we should be looking at if we can make the playoffs next week. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, based on what we're seeing. Um, and if it's still tight next week, then, you know, we still got some time to go. But it's starting. the picture's starting to get there right now. It's we're, getting tighter and tighter. Exactly. We're starting to see who's going to be in who's not. Yeah. Like, within, like you said, I think not tonight. I think tomorrow night, Dodgers play. So, I said, if they get one, they ultimately probably can come close to almost locking up position probably through this weekend, depending on – how play ends. Mm-hmm. So next week might have our first clinch, which would be the Dodgers for at least a playoff spot. Cause you think eight teams are in the playoffs. So at least they'll probably clinch a playoff spot. Within I would next have week. to, I would assume they would. So, um, and then after that, it's kind of like, who's the division, who's getting close. And then the elimination numbers will start coming up for at least the division oh, and yeah. stuff. But all we saw, like, especially like the American league central, that's going to come down to the final week. If not playing games, Think about if they tie at the end of the year, they're going to have to do a playing game. And then you got to play, you know, eight teams get in. Then yeah, man. God. Whew. Well, I can't wait to see how this plays out. Yeah. Um, so, you know, most likely this might be the, if you're watching on YouTube, the final week for a couple weeks, you might see in this background. Because, you know, I, my wife is expecting the next couple weeks, so we might see more of a Zoom background <laughs> ca- call or a situation because, you know, it's almost any day now. We're in baby watch. It's kind of crazy. 
So, but we're still, you know, baseball's hard. We'll still get this show out. If it's a little couple of days behind, we'll make it work. But, you know, it's playoff time. It's the heart of the season. Yeah, man. It's, it's, it's go time. So, it, uh, it is. It's insane. Like, bags packed. <laughs> like, the only thing, I have it open still so I can throw my camera gear and stuff in to take it to the hospital. And it, it's unreal. You think, like, it could be any day now. Yep, any day now. I only get to change some diapers. Oh, Lord. <laughs> but, you know. If you like what's here, please like, share, and subscribe. You know, support the channels. Down there somewhere. And yeah, it's yeah. down here, up here, somewhere. There you go. Um, <laughs> we'll catch y'all next week. We'll see you later. See ya. All right, everyone. Thank you for checking out this episode. Please like, share, and subscribe to the channel. Share it with your friends. Don't hog the goodness here from Double A Sports with your friends. And if you want to take that step further, please. Click on that Patreon link that's in that YouTube, you know, description down there. We do monthly giveaways, gifts from us if you do different tiers. And you will get most likely everything we do here at Double Sports a day early, if not more. So please share that with your friends also. We'll catch you on next time. Peace. For the record, I'm done trying to make y'all comfortable. That's right. For the record, you ain't trying to grow any stuff for you. That's right. For the record, lab on me going all the way. For the record, ain't trying to link no time to wait.